You are listening to Press Church Podcasts. Please enjoy this week's message. Today, I want to talk about, and the title of my sermon is, Remember Who You Are. Now more than ever, we need to remember who we are. That we're being told in media, we're being told uh, that the, the churches are shut down, we're being told all these things, but I want to bring a message to you today to remind you as you're sitting in your house, as you're watching by live stream, hopefully with a strong enough feed to hear me, that you remember who you are. The scripture that we're going to use today is Ephesians 5 verse 27 is where I'm going to start and we'll back up. And this is Jesus, this is Paul speaking to the church of Ephesus, talking about Jesus, that he, we see that word capitalized, might present her, being the church, to himself, being Jesus, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she, the church, should be holy and without blemish, as we are all away from our church building this morning, and and that building has a name attached to it, whether you normally frequent this church or another church in the area, it's got a name attached to it. But we need to be reminded today of who we are this morning. No matter what building we are currently in or not in, or what church name is on the building, I want to remind you today to remember who you are. You are his church. Paul reminds us in Ephesians of who we are. We are the church. This scripture here, I've heard it preached before, and it's preached in a way of a future church. It's preached in a way where this is where we're going. This is who we're going to be. One day, by and by, when we figure it all out, that this is going to be the church that God shows up for. But no, no, no. Right now, this is who the church is. This is who you are right now in this moment. Number one, you are glorious. Number two, you are without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And number three, being a part of the church, you are holy and without blemish. Amen? Now I want to explain and show you how you are the church. In 1 Corinthians 12 verse 27, it says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. So we see Paul writing to the church of Corinth, telling everyone that you are the body of Christ, but you're also an individual member. In Colossians 1 chapter 18, Paul is writing to the church of Colossus and he's saying, And he, being Jesus, is the head of the body. Okay, so we're a part of the body of Christ. And it says that he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. And that in all things, he may have the preeminence. That word preeminence means the superiority. And that's in Colossians 1.18. That Jesus... We are the body of Christ. And Jesus is the head of that body, which is the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the superiority over that. Thank God that he has the superiority. He's the head of the church. He's the head of it. He's above it. He's got superiority over the whole church. He's leading it. He's guiding it. 
And look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. This is the passage we're reading from. We're going to go all the way back to the beginning. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And look at this, amen. He is the Savior of the entire body. This scripture says right here in verse 23 that he's the Savior of the body. I want you to know today that Jesus is still in the saving business. His name is Savior. He's still actively involved in saving you out of hell, in saving you out of misery, in saving you out of insecurity, in saving you out of any type of thing that you're coming against. But even once you are saved in the kingdom of God, God does not stop being your Savior. He wants to save you from sickness and disease and any plague that tries to come against you. He wants to save you and help you in your marriage, in your family, in what's going on in your life and in your finances and in your business and in your house. God is still in the saving business. He is the Savior of the body. So now that we've established that you are the church, you are vital and important to the church, that God is the head, Jesus is the, is the head of the church, he's in full superiority of the church, and he's also very willing and very active in saving you being part of that body. I want to remind you today as we start in verse 27 that Paul tells us that Jesus is presenting to himself a glorious church. And we understand that we are the church, so therefore we are glorious. Let's listen to that definition of glorious. Held in good or in great esteem of high repute. The word glorious in the Greek is endoxos, E-N-D-O-X-O-S. The second definition is illustrious, honorable, esteemed. The third definition is notable, glorious. The fourth definition, I love it, splendid. Also free from sin. That's who this church is today. 2 Corinthians 3, chapter 18. I quote this scripture and use this scripture a lot in my sermons because it inspires me and empowers me and hopefully inspires you. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image, which is the glory of the Lord, going from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. We know as we get older, we actually try to avoid mirrors. Because when we look in that mirror, we see our imperfections. We see and remember who we used to be. I remember when I had muscles, I remember when I had a six-pack, or I had hair, or I had this, or I had that, and we don't want to look in the mirror because it's so revealing, it's so truthful to who we really are that we avoid those mirrors sometimes. But this scripture says, when we look into the mirror, I'm not looking at myself, what I'm looking at is the glory of the Lord, and if I'm looking at that, it's a pure reflection of who's inside of me and who I truly am, because you need to remember who you are today, that God is taking you from glory to glory to glory. He's not taking you spiritually like when we look in the mirror and see my spiritual hair is falling out, I'm getting hair in other places that I never thought I'd get in my ear and my nose. I'm getting flabby here, I'm losing this here, I'm gaining this here. No, no, no. When we're looking into the mirror, he's elevating our spiritual bodies. He's bringing us up from glory to glory because we are the glorious church. 
When I was in college, my major was a criminal justice degree, but I got a minor in sociology. And sociology is the study of development, structure, and functioning of human societies or people groups. And I'm always fascinated with sociology as we study people groups, that, that when you walk into a new type of people group, such as a bowling alley, such as a school, such as a church, that we find out very quickly who people deem in high regard. That when I walk into the bowling alley, I have no idea who the top bowler is at that time. I have no idea who the head honcho is of the school or the church or the business world when I get a new job. But you can find out very quickly with sociology of seeing who they deem in high regard. It's always comical when you see things on social media of older people, uh, they'll send a, a screenshot to their children of a rapper or a basketball player or somebody who they don't know who it is. Oh, I just saw this guy in the airport. He was tall, and I wanted to send you a picture. Do you know who that is? And, it'll, and, uh, and you'll see the text response and say, Mom, that's LeBron James. Mom, that's Tom Brady. That's, how did you not know who that is? Because they didn't understand. They didn't hold that person in high regard. They didn't understand who that person was. But when you're in that people group, all of a sudden you realize who is glorious in that moment. I want to remind you today that people in the world might say that the church is not glorious anymore. People in the world might know who you are and they've looked at you in the mirror and they've seen all of your faults and failures and they would say a bunch of adjectives but they would never use the word glorious. But I want to remind you today that God's group, God's people group, His family, they see you in the church as splendid. They see you in the church as free from sin. They see you in the church as illustrious, as honorable, as glorious. Remember who you are. Before you got in the family of God, you might have been dishonorable, but thank God the definition of glorious is honorable. You might have been a nobody before you came into the kingdom of God, but the definition of glorious says that today you are notable. It might have said that you were full of sin, but today the definition of glorious and the definition of the church and who you are is you are no longer full of sin. You are free from sin today. Remember who you are today. You are glorious. Amen. Number two, in verse 27, it says that you are without spot, or wrinkle, or any such thing. I promise I'm not trying to pick on the old people today. So we're talking about wrinkles and spots and looking in mirrors. That word spot in the Greek is spilos, S-P-I-L-O-S. It means a spot, a fault, or a moral blemish. The word wrinkle there is ritus, R-Y, I'm sorry, R-H-Y-T-I-S. And it means a fold, like in the clothes. Hopefully, my shirt and my pants aren't too wrinkled for you. Uh, or a wrinkle on your face. That Paul is telling us today that the church doesn't have any spots, doesn't have any wrinkles, or 
just to cover it, any such thing. Look at Acts chapter 10, verse 28. In Acts chapter 10, verse 28, we, we dive into the middle of a story where Peter has been uh, receiving uh, a vision from God to go to the Gentiles. Cornelius has been praying. Uh, he's been praying to God. He's been giving money uh, to the synagogues. He's been doing all these good works, uh, but he is not saved. And an angel and a vision comes to Peter and tells him to go talk to Cornelius. And he has this vision of this food that drops down. And the Jews believe that there are certain unclean animals. Uh, you can't eat shrimp, you can't eat pork, can't eat bacon, and there's other uh, animals and birds and things you can't eat. Praise God, that's more for us Gentiles to eat. Glory to God for some bacon. And Jesus and God tells him in this vision, take and eat. And Peter, being a good Jew, says, no, 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 not going to eat that. It's unclean. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. And he has it three different times. And he says, okay, I'll go. I see that God is doing something. And he's preaching to the family of Cornelius. There's a full house. They're having home church. He's preaching to them. And Peter makes this statement while he's in the middle of preaching in verse 28. And Peter said to them, the Gentile people that were there, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. But look at this. Here's a great but God moment. Whenever you see but God in the Bible, you better hold on to your seat because something amazing is about to happen. But God has shown me that I should not call any man uncommon or unclean. Amen. That God right here in this moment, as he's opening salvation to the Gentile church, makes the statement that mankind, that as they come into the kingdom, no longer have spots on them, no longer have wrinkles, no longer are unclean, they are clean. I have a, a, a shirt that, um, that I got when I was in high school. I went to, uh, I think they have it here as well in South Carolina, Boy and Girl State, and I got uh, elected with four or five other guys to go to Boy State um, at, uh, at the greatest college in the world, LSU. Uh, don't tune me out now. Just receive the blessing. And, uh, and so we got the opportunity to go to LSU campus, and uh, we had Boy State there. And we got a, a, a Boy State shirt. Now, um, I've had that shirt since probably my junior year of high school. And I've worn that shirt quite a lot. And it's probably my favorite shirt that's out there. Um, the sleeves are cut off. There's stains all over the shirt. The words that say Boy State, it's faded. Um, and it's so washed and so overused, it's almost see-through. It's kind of a translucent shirt that I don't even know if it's still there. My wife absolutely hates this shirt. Uh, she hates it in every way, um, but I've told my wife, and I'll probably have it in my will, that I expect to be buried in that shirt. Uh, number one, it's very uh, good because I can still fit in a shirt uh, my junior year. It's getting a little tight, but uh, we can still get in it. Um, but I tell my wife all the time uh, that... Um, all the time I tell her what type of shirt it is. When I'm cold, I put it on because it's my warm shirt. 
When I'm getting ready to study for my sermon, it's, it's my preaching shirt. Um, when I'm snuggling with the kids, uh, it's my family shirt. And, uh, and my wife wants it to be the burn shirt, um, but I, I refuse to do that. But I love that shirt to death. I don't see it as torn up. I don't see it as stained. I don't see it as wrinkled. I don't see it as destroyed. I see it as this perfectly beautiful, clean, protective shirt. I want to remind you today, people, your family, the world, they might look at you, they might look at the church, this church, churches in this area, the overall church worldwide, and they might think that the church is torn up right now. They might think that it's worn down. Like my shirt, they might think that it has spots, wrinkles, stains, but remember who you are. Remember who the church is and remember what Jesus says in verse 27. He sees the church without spot, without wrinkle, without any such thing. In God's eyes, you and his church are spotless. He doesn't see an old wrinkly church struggling to get around, walking on a cane, trying to overcome as they get older. No, no, no. He sees his church, and he sees you as an individual member of this church, as strong, as powerful, as healed, as sanctified, as anointed, as spirit-filled, that can still influence and change the atmosphere of any place that you walk into. Remember who you are. And lastly, I'll finish with this third point. In verse 27, it says that, She, being the church, should be holy and without blemish. That word holy is hagios, H-A-G-I-O-S, and it means the most holy thing. It means a saint. And blemish there means as a sacrifice without spot or blemish. Morally, the second definition of blemish means without blemish, faultless, listen to this term, unblameable. Amen. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. 1 Peter chapter 1, 13 through 16 says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Now more than ever, as fear is being uh, preached throughout media everywhere, and our minds are racing of what's happening, what's going to happen next, what's going to happen here, what's going to happen there, this, this, and that. Peter tells us right here, right now, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully. Not even opportunity to fear. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 14, as obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lust, as in your ignorance, verse 15, but as he who called you is holy, you also being holy in all your conduct. Verse 16 says, it's a scripture taking out of Leviticus, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Remember, in, the, in 2 Corinthians, it tells us that we're looking in a mirror, and we're seeing the glory of God, and he's taking us from glory to glory. Looking in that same mirror, we're looking at the Spirit of God who's not only glorious, He's also holy. And if He's holy, therefore you're holy, looking in that mirror. So be holy as He is holy. It says that we are without blemish. We're unblameable. Look at Revelations chapter 12, verse 10. Revelations chapter 12, verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of God And the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren. 
Satan, who is coming against the church, who's coming against your family, who's coming against your health, who's coming against your finances, who's coming against your job, your household, your security, your mind, who's constantly trying to come against you. Revelation says the accused of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. He's already been cast down. He's already been defeated. He's already been taken care of. He's already been removed. That way, you now are holy. You now are without blemish. And right now, no matter what you've done, and you're a part of the family of God, and you're part of the church, you are blameless. The Catholic Church claims that they have many holy relics. They claim that they have a piece of wood from the cross of Jesus. They claim that they have several crowns of thorns taken from his crown of thorns. They claim that they have pieces of the nail that were nailed into Jesus' hands and feet on the cross. There's pictures, and you can go to church, and uh, I forget where the church is, uh, where they have these uh, chains that they say held the Apostle Paul before he died. But they have these holy relics that they hold on to, that they have on display. And what if one day the Holy Church, the Catholic Church, they came to you and they said, we're going to give you the relic of the piece of cross that Jesus died on. And we're going to let you keep it in your church or we're going to let you keep it in your household. What would you do with that holy artifact? Would you hide it? Would you put it in a safe? Or would you put it on display for all to see? Would you, would you clean up the house? Would you shine the glass? Would you invite people? Would you have these prestigious people come? Would you have these fancy dinners? Would you, would you open up your house to show off this holy relic that has been given to you so that you could display it among your friends and family? Listen to this, family. God calls His church holy. And without blemish, which means you are and the church is the most holy thing. His church is the most holy thing on earth. And he has placed that holy relic in the best display case possible, which is you and me and everybody else who comes to this church all over. Remember who you are. You are holy and you are without blemish. Now, You might be sitting in your house right now and saying, Pastor, how do you have the audacity to say that we are glorious, we're without spot and wrinkle, we're holy? How can you say that today? Because I don't feel it today. I don't feel like I have that power in me. I've never heard this before. I've never been called this or told this before. I'm glad you're asking that question today. I want to answer it. In Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 25, we're going to go up just a couple scriptures. Husbands, love your wives. Let's just take a moment right there as we're all confined to our houses. We're all confined to spending more and more time with our family than we ever have. This is a great place to start. Husbands and wives love each other. They're talking about in China right now how divorce races, divorce rates have spiked because people have stayed home with their spouses and all of a sudden realized who they were married to. But that's not going to happen here. It's not going to happen in this church. It's not going to happen in this community. We're going to stay true to the scriptures. Husbands and wives, 
Let's love each other. Let's love our families. Husband and love loves your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. This is verse 26 as I'm bringing it down, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with what? The washing of water by the word. Verse 27 says that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy without blemish. How is the church going to be all these things? Simply by verse 26 where it says Jesus is the one that is sanctifying. Jesus is the one that is cleansing his church. And how's he doing that? By the washing of the water of his word. That's why it's so important to be in church when these doors are open again. That's why it's so important to get in the word yourself because you are the church individually and you are the church corporately. And when you read the word of God, it washes you. And when it washes you, it causes you to be glorious. It causes you to be without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And finally, the washing of the Word makes you holy and blameless and without blemish. As I finish today, remember who you are. Remember who you are. You are the church. Just because we're not in the physical church building today, we all, in all our displaced places, wherever we're at right now, we are the church. It's time for us to stand up And be the church as God sees you. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. So glad that you've been a part of this. Let us know in the comments section. I know you've already been commenting and talking. And we've been talking back to you. We've truly enjoyed this. We'll do this going forward. We'll do this next Sunday as well. We'll continue to update you. Let me pray for you. Let me pray over this word and let it wash over you as we finish up today. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word that went forth today. We thank you that it has fallen on good ground in our spirits and it will bear fruit, some 30, some 60, even 100 fold. Thank you for reminding us of who we are, that we might not be in the physical building of the church, but inside of us is the church and we have the same power, the same authority, the same anointing, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead that dwells inside of us so that we can go out and bring the church to our friends, our family, to whoever we come in contact with in the grocery store or walking or being in work or whatever. We can go out and make disciples. We can go out and lay our hands on the sick and watch them recover. We can go out and we can Uh, be bitten by any poisonous snake or have any virus try and attack us and we can shake that off into the fire. We can let it go and it not affect us. Father, I thank you for these people. I just pray protection over them. I pray Psalm 91 over them. I pray healing over them and their bodies. I pray financial provision over their households. I thank you for stronger marriages, stronger relationships, stronger time spending with their kids. I thank you for wisdom and revelation as they dive into the Word, as they hear the Word of God, that it will not return void. Father, I thank you that we just have this opportunity to spend with you that as everything just falls by the wayside, as sports go by the wayside, as school goes by the wayside, as as work slows down, that we take this time to lean into you. Because it says in the scriptures, when we draw near to God, the only reaction that you do is draw near to us. That same scripture also tells us to cleanse our hands. 
So Father, help us in our physical health. Show us and teach us how to maintain our health through this time as we come out on the other side knowing that goodness and mercy is following us all the days of our life. Father, protect your people. Bless your people. Cause them to be the shining light, the shining church as darkness tries to creep in to our minds, into our households, into our city, into this country. We be the shining light and stand up and say, no longer will the accuser of the brethren try and come against us because he has already been defeated. He is beneath our feet. Jesus saw him cast out of heaven as quick as lightning. He's already been defeated and he's under our feet. So I thank you that God is good and the devil can go straight to hell, but not us. We've got a higher calling and purpose that you have for us on this earth. Father, bless your people, protect them, and we will see them next Sunday here on live stream. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you all next Sunday. Take care. for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.